We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Guys, we're just coming off of the stream. The Colts win in dramatic fashion, coming from behind against Jacksonville to win their first AFC South game of the year, extending their record to 3-2-1 and one on the year. Cody, I know you say you didn't watch a whole ton of this game, but I mean, you see the end result there, and I'm and you've seen all the highlights and everything. How does this one feel right now, man? Oh well, let me just say, uh, somehow, some way, despite literally horrendous, horrendous time for us, I know as fans and stuff through the first five weeks, somehow, some way, the Indianapolis Colts are leading the division right now, which I think is just absolutely crazy. I believe they are at three, two, and one. Uh, just. I mean, crazy win, man. And that just goes to show you, hey, you know, maybe this Colts offense is only as good as their offensive line is at certain times. You know, maybe if you actually give your quarterback some time to throw it, he can actually do it. Um, that's just been the big frustration, man, because the, the offense has shown things at times where you're like, wow, what in the world? But yeah, all, all that to say, I think this was a much needed. You talked about it off stream for Colts fans to have a little bit more confidence in your team moving forward because the offense, they won the game. This first time you can say that this whole year. Yes. The offense won the game for the team. Yes. And and it's been bad, Derek. We've seen the good, the bad, and the very bad um, with this Colts offense. And so, yeah, I mean, I just want to give a special shout-out before we even get into anything to the Colts offensive line. I mean, protecting Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan, over 50 dropbacks, I believe, in this game and not sacked once. So, I mean, yeah, the offensive line, credit them, man. They stepped in, and, and they did a really good job. They had a couple more days to prepare than normal, and I want to give them credit, man. They held their own today and really kept Matt Ryan, for the most part, really clean out there. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that O-line here shortly. I mean, might as well just kind of throw yourself in with some of these individual performances, but let's start, start with Matt Ryan. A career day for Matt Ryan, who – Pass Dan Marino for seventh all time in total passing yards with this game today. Had a record most receptions caught, most completions caught today with 42. 
42 of 58. Now, I will say this, Cody, you certainly hope that you don't have to throw the ball 58 times every game for the rest of the year, but it was clear that that was the Colts' uh, game plan today was to not run the football as much and put the ball in Matt Ryan's hands, get the ball out quickly. I mean, Matt Ryan, 42-58, 389 yards, three touchdowns today, and the big one, which was no turnovers today. Did have the one mess up with Ryan Kelly at the end of that game where he tripped over him and lost four yards because of it, but that was the only mistake that Matt Ryan really made all day, and it's, like you said, phenomenal that when the offensive line gave him a little bit of time to work today, Matt Ryan was accurate all over the football field. Yeah, clearly his best day as a Colt. I mean, for sure. I mean, you talk about it, 48, or 42 of 58, excuse me, over 70% completion percentage, nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns, and the game winner, obviously, to Alec Pierce. Uh, yeah, Matt Ryan looked good all day long. Had a couple moments, though, you know, in certain situations where you're like, I'm not sure what Ryan's doing there. I know there's like a third down where – you know, it just like just little things like that, like efficiency wise, you'd like to see in certain ways on like key third downs him be a little bit better out there. But from a statistical standpoint, yeah, I mean, I thought he was really obviously great. The offense showed a lot of life. And I kind of like this game approach, you know, from Frank Reich and this coaching staff where they were kind of done getting cute, it looked like, you know, in certain ways where they're just like, we're just going to, at the end of the game, kind of settled in and we're just like, we're just going to let Matt Ryan do what Matt Ryan's going to do. And uh, he still shows, man, even at age 37, he can still cook back there. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, it, it was phenomenal to see Matt Ryan do what he did. And we might as well, before we get into any other individual performances, let's just talk about this offensive line real quick because it feels so important to talk about it. Obviously, the one aspect that we did not see today, Colts were still not able to get a great push at running the football. That, of course, is okay. You are doing your job. And, of course, when you don't have Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, oh, yeah, and by the way, the Colts did this offensively today without two of their best weapons, their two best running backs in this game, the Colts are now 2-0 and this season without Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. That's insane to think about because that was when, I mean, Cody, we saw the stat last year, right? We kept mentioning the Colts have only lost one game ever since uh, Jonathan Taylor. If he gets 100 rushing yards, the Colts just practically don't lose. Well, this year, they're winning games in spite of him not being there. That's great that the Colts are able to do that such a thing. And, of course, when Hines is gone, you're down that weapon. So you had to adapt. And this Colts O-line, even though it didn't uh, run the ball really well, pass blocking, oh, my goodness. I mean, to go from five sacks the last time that you played this team to zero, zero sacks on 60 dropbacks. I mean, Dennis Kelly, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Matt Pryor, and Braden Smith did their jobs today. It was not perfect, but it was definitely a huge improvement. I told you off stream, uh, he was only pressured on 24% of his dropbacks today, which is less than, which is a, a basically 40% decrease from the last time that we played the Jags. And it's a over 200% decrease 
from what it was against Denver just 10 days prior. So what this offensive line did today, I mean, again, this offensive line to me is the MVP of this game because if they did not play the way that they did today, Matt Ryan's not able to do the things that he did. The receivers were not able to do what they did today. The running backs not be able to do what they did. It all started with that offensive line today. Absolutely. And you know, I was at first a little bit frustrated because I'm like, why in the world are you taking Bernard Ryman out of the game? You know, you just talked about all week, right? And I still am a little, a little bit frustrated, but I mean, it works. So, you know, I can't be too mad. Yeah. But like, you know, like just you talk about how he's going to be your starter moving forward and then, you know, not even out of the first quarter and he's out of the game, you know? Right. I, I, wonder, if that was, that. I wonder if that was by design. Was, I yeah. wonder if that was by design know. for them to fake teams out about that. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, Dennis Kelly, you know, for the most part, I thought he was solid. He held up pretty well at left tackle. You obviously moved Braden Smith back out to right tackle. And Matt Pryor looked a lot more comfortable on the inside, you know, mm-hmm. where he can use his, you know, he's a massive human massive. being. And he can he can use that. You know, he's not really going against those speed guys as much. So that really, I think, helped him out a lot in pass pro where guys can't really get around him. You know, they at right tackle, they can just kind of outspeed him. Can't really outmuscle a Matt Pryor. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's a better kind of fit for him in the inside where you're facing those three techs and, you know, those one tech guys. And I thought Matt Pryor did a pretty solid job. Offensive line all in general deserves, you know, a pat on the back. I thought they all did really well. Obviously, like you talked about, you'd like to see them get a more of a push in the run department. But you know what? After what we've seen, the disaster that has been the Colts pass protection, I will take this game. You know, I will take this and I will be very (laughs) encouraged by what we see because it seems like now, you know, after really, you know, five weeks of just utter terribleness, they're starting to gel a little bit. You know, I think now you've maybe got your lineup moving forward. You know, we'll see what happens at left tackle. But I mean, the other four guys. I wouldn't touch it, Derek. No. I wouldn't touch it. Let these guys gel. Uh, I think Braden Smith's now rebounded after having a nice day against Denver. He looked really good at right tackle. You know, he was really a, a lot of times against Trayvon Walker over there, and I thought he held his own very well. Uh, so, yeah, offensive line for the Indianapolis Colts, definitely the MVP of this game. Um, you know, you didn't run as well as you'd like, but, you know, Deion Jackson still had um, you know, a pretty decent day, all things considered, three and a half yards per carry. So you'd like you'd like to see maybe that go up a little bit. But all in all, there's there's really not a whole lot to to criticize about this offensive line. You know, based off of what we've seen this season, I will take <laughs> this performance 10 out of 10 times. A hundred percent. I mean, and they said it at the beginning of the game through the first five games, only six touchdowns. Right. And that was the fewest in Indianapolis history. Since they almost since the move to Indianapolis. So, I mean, this was at an all time low, and it was because of the offensive line not giving Matt Ryan the chance to settle down and do what he wanted. And you could tell in the first couple series, Cody, I don't know how much you watched the first beginning of it, but he definitely was getting the ball out quick. He was not trusting it at all. But then As the second quarter went on, as the third quarter went on, as the fourth quarter went on, you start to see Matt Ryan settle in the pocket a little more and started to feel where he was going. And I felt like there was a huge shift in that. And that offensive line gave him a lot more poise today because he was only getting pressured on 24% of his dropbacks, which was a huge deal. And for the, the playmakers today... I mean, it's impossible to look at just one guy here. I mean, Michael Pittman, 
13 catches for 134 yards. I mean, I think those are both career highs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. uh, Deion Jackson was your second leading receiver, 10 catches for 79 yards. He had 42 yards running, over 100 scrimmage yards today. Deion Jackson was a warrior in this game. At the end of the game, he was hurt, but he did not let it take him out of the game, and he ran through people just determined to make sure that he proved people he could do it. And then Harris Campbell, your third leading receiver, seven catches for 57 yards and a touchdown. His first touchdown of the game. Most catches he's had in a game all of his career. Harris Campbell finally getting involved in the offense. Alec Pierce was targeted seven times, only had three catches, but every other time he was trying to catch one, they were holding him. So it was hard to get him the ball very often, but he had the dagger. Kylan Granson, four catches for 38 yards. He got involved. Jelani Woods, two big plays in this game, one for the touchdown. I mean, Cody, I mean, I, I said it on Twitter, and obviously we still got a long season left to go, but I think it's safe to say at this moment in time that we were wrong on Ballard and his assumption of this of this group, like these athletes that we have, that running back, tight end, and receiver, these guys can get the job done if the offensive line continues to let Matt Ryan dial it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a big question was just like, I don't question the talent. I just question these guys are all rookies or second-year players, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then Paris Campbell, this is the longest he's ever been like, with the team and like being playing and being active. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things to like about this wide receiver and tight end room, right? I mean, you talk about Campbell actually getting involved and a lot of people say Paris Campbell stinks. He's terrible. Don't ever play him. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but like Paris Campbell, when he gets the ball, he makes plays, mm -hmm. man. When he's out there and he is healthy, you've been, you know, I want to give you props, man. You've been saying it for so long about Paris Campbell and people just keep saying, Oh, Derek's just an Ohio State bias, blah, blah, blah. Bro. No. Seriously, though, Paris Campbell, when he gets the ball in his hands, he is a playmaker out there. And I'm tired of people saying that Paris Campbell stinks because they don't clearly don't watch the game of football. They don't understand the game of football. Because Paris Campbell far from stinks. Oh, He's yeah. I mean, it's just them getting him involved. And, exactly. and there were a lot of big plays that Paris made. It was a lot of big first downs that especially late in those games when the Colts were driving, that was when Paris Campbell got involved. And that's what I'm saying, dude, like just get him involved, get him involved before you want to tell me that he stinks. He actually can play. And I mean, it again was the third leading receiver obviously wasn't the biggest attribute to this, but I mean, there were, I mean, six guys for this Colts offense that all played well. Michael Pittman, Deion Jackson, Paris Campbell, Alec Pierce, Granson, Angelani. Molly Cox wasn't even involved in the offense today, Cody. He never even got a target. It was all the other tight ends and these wide receivers. This group, this group in totality can do it if you get an offensive line that allows the quarterback to get something going. Yes, it's an extremely young group, but man, they've got some talent as long as you can just get them the football. Every time you throw the ball to Jelani Woods, good things happen. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, get <laughs> Rashad Jelani said the involved. same thing. Every time you yeah. throw it to him, it's either a big play, 30-plus yard gain, or a touchdown. Throw it to Jelani more, Frank. I beg of you, Mo Ali Cox, in my opinion, Derek, maybe it's a little pre too premature, tight end three. I want to see more Jelani. 
I want to see more of Kyle in because they're making plays out there. I will say this. The one the one issue we definitely had was the start of the game. Uh, obviously, finishing with 34 uh, points the way you did. Uh, that's great, of course. Uh, it started out a little slow again. Uh, the offense was moving, but I felt like it was more self-inflicted stuff through the through that first yep. half. You know, you had one or two holds that really set you back, right? And then you get into the in the red zone one time, you didn't score. You know, like you gotta you gotta take advantage of those when you get inside the ten. You have to score touchdowns. Now, at the end of the game, they did that. At the beginning of the game, they did not. So, you know, something needs to click there. Uh, better but then again they did execute well at the end of the game when that mattered so offensively great day great day and uh defense it, it was good and bad there were a bunch of different things here about this defense let's just start with this Cody a very uncharacteristic day for the defense uh giving up 243 yards rushing in this game uh, Travis Etienne, 10 carries for 86 yards. Jamal, uh, Mikhail Hasty, three rushes for 57 yards. One of the, the first rush he had was a 61 yarder. So Hasty had two runs after the game or after that run and had negative four yards after, but they gave up the 61 yarder for a touchdown. James Robinson, 12 rushes for 54 yards. Trevor Lawrence, Six rushes for 23. I'm not really going to count that. He had a couple of decent ones. Uh, Jamal Agnew, you got beat on a sweep one time by that. You know, it was a very uncharacteristic day. They came into this game with the fourth best rushing defense in the NFL, only allowing 95 yards per game. But today, they just got blown out, man, by the running attack. I don't understand the defense sometimes because, you know, you have games where they're like literally not allowing two yards of carry. Yeah. And then you have other games where they're, you know, getting completely shredded for, I think it was seven and a half yards per carry in this game. I mean, yeah, something, something's got to change. Maybe just some miscommunication out there. Very uncharacteristic this season of this defense. But, you know, fortunately, you know, the majority of what this team has done uh, you know, in terms of the running department, they don't usually have these games that happen. So, you know, I'm not overly concerned about it, I guess, you know, because at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys that got a lot of carries. And if you just take the running backs, they just had a little over 100 yards, I believe it was like 100 and not quite 150, like 130 yards rushing between Robinson and ETN. So, I guess I'm not as concerned as maybe some people are, but then you see 248 yards and you're like, oh my gosh. That's huge, but it looks like they just got fooled on a couple, you know, play, some big, bigger chunk plays down the line, you know, more than anything is what it looks like. Because yeah. you, you look at it, you have a 48-yard run from ETN, a 61-yarder from Hasty. Like, you know, those are big runs, right? Yeah, that, those are the – you take away those right two, you cut that number down by over 100 yards. Yeah, exactly. So, not obviously not good at all, but, you know, I feel like – this defense, for the most part, they've shown that they can be competent against the run. So I don't think this will be a trend that continues. Yeah. But yeah, certainly not not what you want to see from your run defense today. What's going on, everybody? Today, I wanted to talk to you guys about Odds Trader. Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sports books. 
You can also check out different sign-up codes and promotions that are going on on the website to make sure you're getting the best deal possible on your sports bets. Some of the key features they include are handicapping, you get live play-by-play updates, you get live scores and bet tracking as well, player statistics, key game statistics when you make these picks. You also get projected game day weather. Basically everything you need to make sure you're making the most informed bets as possible. Including that, you also have a bet tracker which allows you to keep records of all your games and your betting activities so you won't miss a thing. Guys, be sure to go check out oddstrader.com slash bluewire and check out oddstrader today, the number one site for all your game day bets. Yeah, true. I think it was just a very uncharacteristic thing from them. Uh, But... We'll say this, though. I mean, I know Trevor Lawrence, when you look at the numbers, uh, 20 of 22 today. So, again, insanely accurate for uh, Trevor Lawrence, but only had 163 yards. I mean, they right. they ran the ball all day today, so they really didn't have to throw the football much at the beginning of the game. But Trevor Lawrence, like, really wasn't getting anything deep. Everything was short. He was only averaging seven and a half yards per catch. So it really wasn't that crazy. And then he was sacked four times today. So fantastic job by the defensive line, getting a lot more pressure on Trevor Lawrence than what we saw in the first time that we met them. The first time Trevor Lawrence was never even getting pressured at all. And then in this game, I mean, they, they were in his face every other time, Cody. So it did feel really good to see uh, the defensive line step up. And then when you saw the defense playing, the some of the best players that you saw, Bobby Okereke with 13 total tackles, Zaire Franklin with 12, and Rodney Thomas. Shout out to freaking Rodney Thomas, man. That dude was out there balling, made some really big plays today that really spun the momentum in a different way for them. So fantastic job by the passing defense. It could have been a little better. But then again, I've seen it play a lot worse, and this is a lot better of an adjustment than what we saw the first time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very telling that even though Julian Blackman was healthy in this game, the Colts rolled with Rodney Thomas and Rodney McLeod out there. So Rodney Thomas is having a fantastic rookie season, Derek. I am really excited for him and what he's going to continue to do in this secondary. You're right. Every single play, you know, just like Jelani Woods, the other rookie on the offensive side, he, every time he's out there, he's making plays. And you cannot take him off the field. You know, even though you what we like Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas is playing better. He's balling. So, yeah, I want to give him a special shout-out. Also to Force Buckner, back-to-back games with a sack. Really seems like he's coming on a lot. Um, Oda Nigbo also had a sack today. So, you're right. The defense, just really in terms of the passing department, you know, 21-23, to 23, okay, yeah, 90%. But he's didn't even pass for 200 yards. Like so, I'll take that every day. You know, so it was. It seems like there was a lot of short passes. You know, kind of those high percentage type of passes. So I will take that from the defense. The defensive line you talked about. You know, they really came to play. And Trevor Lawrence in that first game, if you remember, Derek, the least pressured he's ever been as a pro by far. And the Colts defensive line came to play today. They they determined. You know what? We're not going to make life as easy for Trevor Lawrence today. And they really didn't. He was constantly under duress, got sacked four times. It was just constantly getting hit, never really got in a rhythm, um, never really made a big play down the field. So 
yeah, the pass defense, well, it could have been better, certainly. Uh, I think it did its job more so than anything. So definitely more than the run game. So shout out to those guys in that secondary and the defensive line as well. Yeah, Ryan Kelly said it after the game, said the defense has been, you know, has been stepping it up and taking care of us the last five weeks. It's about time that we return the favor. And, you know, that was that was phenomenal. Again, a lot of things you can take away from this. The good, and then there's some bad that you still need to work on. But all in all, uh, you'll take this win. I will say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here on this podcast right now. Okay. If Brandon Faison is the starter for week seven, I will personally write a petition to fire Gus Bradley. It is time to stop playing Brandon Faison at the start of these games. He should not be getting more snaps than Isaiah Rogers. He should not be starting. That is over. It's done. Brandon Faison is cooked. He's not good. He's not playing well. He's missing tackles left and right every single game. He is not good enough to be a starter on this defense. Isaiah Rogers needs to start. What's your take on that? Oh, 100%. It's very it's very eerily similar, Derek, to the Al-Qadim Muhammad situation with Matt Eberflus, where you're just like, there's no logical reason why this guy should be a starter on this team. He does nothing well, you know? Like, does nothing well. And so Isaiah Rogers, a guy waiting in the wing, an ascending player, who's only another guy that only makes plays when he's out there, definitely has to be the starter moving forward. And if not, you're just stubborn and you're ignorant. Like, that's just, it's clear to everybody else at this point, you know? Like, so there should be no reason at all why Brandon Faison is not cornerback number four. Absolutely, he has to be. He has to be moving forward. He was the reason why Jacksonville was in that game. He had a lot of really blown coverage, poor tackle attempts. Doesn't even look like he's trying out there. Looks like he's lost half the time. So I don't understand why he's even getting any reps with the starters at this point. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I'm just kind of baffled that he's still out there considering when Rodgers is targeted, he makes plays, man. You know, people don't catch the ball on Rodgers. And Faison just seems like he doesn't care half the time or he doesn't know where he is half the time. So, Yes, agreed with you 100%. Gus Bradley needs to learn from this. Ron Milas, Mike Mitchell, all these guys, they need to have Isaiah Rogers out there for the majority of the starter snaps. It's not a question anymore. It's not a question anymore. And if not, you're hurting this team if you're letting Brandon Faison be out there still. And, and that's not what this defense needs. That's not what this team needs You know, for a coach to basically choose a player because he knows the player better not choosing the better player, which is clearly Isaiah Rodgers. Clearly Isaiah Rodgers is a better player. There's no question. Isaiah Rodgers has to be the starter moving forward. Has to be. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. Uh, We'll be sure to keep you guys up to date with some more videos on some other things. The good and the bad, Cody, at least the good thing is you come out with a win. Your offense looks the best it has looked all season by a long shot. Team played the way it needed to. You end up with the win. Absolutely. I'll throw this one last thing out there, Derek. Coming into this game, the Indianapolis Colts were the last rated team in terms of points per game scored. They averaged 13.8 points per game scored through five weeks. Today, they scored 34 points against the Jaguars. So if my math is correct, that puts them up over 17 points per game just from this game alone, which is crazy. So the Colts doubled almost tripled 
<laughs> the amount of points scored that they had, yeah. uh, which is just crazy to me. Um, so if this offense could continue this, man, I really do feel like this team has a chance to make a run. But we just had no confidence in this offensive line. If the offensive line could perform even 70 to 75% of what they performed today in pass protection, the Colts are going to – I think they have a really good chance to still salvage this season and potentially make a playoff run, maybe even an AFC South crown, as crazy as it is. Um, that's just – you know, that's the big, been the biggest thing. The biggest concerns, right, we've talked about it, the biggest concerns we had, offensive line, quarterback. Both of them played at really high levels today. Yes. And if that happens, man, I think the sky's the limit for this team. I really do. I know we were talking a lot like doom and gloom a couple weeks ago for right reasons because this offense was horrendous. And, you know, maybe that, hopefully this isn't just like a, you know, an outlier game. But if it's not, I think this team has a legit chance, man. I do. They got the weapons now. We talked about it. The offensive line can hold up. You get Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines back. The defense plays like it has the last couple weeks besides this week. I really do think, uh, you know, you could potentially be a dangerous team down the stretch. But we'll see if this continues. Yeah, we got to see it continue to get better. But that's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.